Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio. Now, TuneIn Radio is now on board, and there will be another announcement coming up as well. But TuneIn Radio is on board. Stitcher and Double Twist, you could say as well. Stitcher, definitely. Uh, thank you once again for joining me today. Great to be on TuneIn Radio for some of you that might be joining for the first time and uh, some others out there as well. Great to be back on board, Minnesota Wild. Wow, hey, not a bad week. Uh, sloppy game in Florida, but other than that, wow, three and one and four. Definitely one of the better weeks of the season thus far. A, you know, you beat one of the best teams in the league in Tampa. You destroy Dallas seven to nothing. Wow, <laughs> that was really impressive. Kind of brought you back to like way back in the inaugural season. When Minnesota and Dallas faced off for the first time ever, and the Wild crushed Dallas six nothing, kind of like a, we're the team in Minnesota now, and it was pretty amazing, pretty amazing. I was Minnesota Wild, literally doing that. Like, yes, uh, we're the we're proud to be Minnesota's hockey team, and we're taking over from the, uh, the North Stars of the past. Unfortunately, to see them go, of course, and not a bad game against Detroit. Not a good game. A little scary for a few minutes. Detroit had a couple leads in that one. Sloppy as hell game against Florida. Ugh, ugh. But, uh, you know, you barely lost that one. You almost got a clean sweep here. Four in a row, just about. If not for a couple of bounces and lapses, defensive lapses in that one. Kind of yucky. But awesome awesome overall week, I'd have to say. And then we head off into the bye. And two games to preview. So we'll be talking about the Boston Bruins in segment number two and the Chicago Blackhawks. So a couple of original six teams and Stanley Cup finalists in 2013. Unfortunately, the wrong team won that series, in my humble opinion. <sighs> yep, I think we're all tired of them. I'll be introducing a new person today, too, as well. Great to hear from him. We'll talk about him in about 10 seconds here. We'll be having a little bit more of a fan interaction segment than we've had probably ever on this show, cause, uh, which is pretty cool. We have fan interaction usually on Tim Rule's Explosion and, and uh, Purple Mafia, Facebook, Twitter, this and that. It's going to be Twitter-heavy, which is good. I like Twitter. Twitter's awesome, so <laughs> it really is. And we'll be introducing a new person now. Remember MN Soda 24 who wrote that uh, wonderful review for Brave the Wild on iTunes? Well, it turns out his name is Derek Felska, and he's a blogger. He's a hockey blogger. Welcome on board. Uh, thank you very much. He uh, messaged me on the actual Facebook page here. So before I get into the games, I'll just get to this now. He says, I write for Crease and Assist, just kind of like Seasoned Assist, but Crease and Assist, a legally compliant Minnesota hockey blog. He says, great podcast. I've been blogging for over 16 years now for this team, so you got me beat. Wow. You're the only person I know that's been, wow, pretty much. Uh, yeah, dang. I mean, I've been doing this show since 2008, which is, you know, in podcast terms, that's, you know, like Adam and Eve-like just about. Maybe maybe Noah. 
maybe Derek Felska is the Adam and Eve one right here. Uh, 16 years, uh, crease and assist. Crease and assist, of course, hockey terms. You get the idea there. He's been writing. Uh, he says, uh, if you'd like any help promoting the podcast, yep, thank you. Yep, and he, yep, we'll talk about that in a moment. He loves all the video games and everything and I, the way I go about the team. But yeah, we talked a bit extensively about 8-bits and classic gaming. I always love that. <sighs> Absolutely fun. So look, look it up. Crease and assist. Awesome writer, Derek Valscott. And you can tell he's been doing it for a long time. He keeps up with the team game by game, news, this and that. You know, uh, he's met... Uh, Joe O'Donnell. I mean, it's just been awesome. Joe O'Donnell from the uh, Iowa Wild. My mind's blanking because I'm reading. You know, I'm kind of looking through this, skimming through the, <laughs> the conversation all over the place. Video game, you know, retro games and uh, retro games. And, of course, you know, Minnesota Wild conversation, this and that. Kind of some background conversation. So there'll be a new way to get... Uh, to, to get your questions in, we'll be doing this from now on, a fa- uh, fan interaction segment, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN, because BTW think, by the way, you know, so that's too common, uh, that's been around since, you know, the 90s, <laughs> that's been around since the 90s, and those little chats like, by the way, you know, so BTWMN will be the, the way to get your questions in on this show, like certain podcasts out there, like the Russo Suhan show, they do that kind of stuff, so hashtag BTWMN, I'll even throw that in the, uh, <laughs> I'll even throw that in the show description. I think there was one other thing I wanted to get to. That's why I'm kind of distracted right now, but we'll see. Uh, welcome on board, Derek, Derek Felska, and uh, that'll be in segment number two of the Fan Interaction segment. We're going to kind of keep segment two that way. I think I'm going to keep this a two-segment show. I've been doing three for Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia. Purple Mafia especially has to do that. But Timberwolves Explosion, they can get quite extensive uh, annotation as well with fan interaction. So, <laughs> it's one of those things. Let's get to the games now. we got four to do. And, of course, only two in the second. That's another reason why, you know, it's okay. And, of course, the prospect conversation, some continued ongoing positive conversation and shout-outs and all that. Great to meet you, Derek Felska. There was one other thing. I'm just dying to find it, though. And that's what I thought it was called. I just wanted to make damn sure. TheSportsDaily.com. TheSportsDaily.com is where you will find crease and assist. Uh, great, great writing here by Derek Felska. You can get the whole thing kind of, just basically kind of Google it and you'll find it and such. No, there's a couple of them in there. A couple. There's Derek Felska. Most recently, Panthers' last second goal. Doom's Wild. Yep, that was frustrating. January 20th right there. So definitely jump on board that if you human if humanly possible indeed so let's keep moving forward <laughs> apologize a little distracted here <laughs> that's my old thing though right so january the 16th the minnesota wild beat one of the best teams in the nhl awesome three to two win McElhaney was in net in this one it's not like he was bad or anything you think oh it's McElhaney. now the wild are for sure gonna win not necessarily. Uh, he was actually pretty solid, and he was good for Carolina last year. His number's not so good so far this year, but only three goals. So, I mean, it's not that bad. Zach Parisi kind of ended a drought after being so red hot for a while. Ended a bit of a drought, was able to score on a pretty nifty couple of plays, a couple of backhand passes from Spurgeon and Eric Stahl to wind up to uh, Zach Parisi's stick on the power play, 17th of the season. Kucherov would get two goals in this game. Jule Eriksson-Eck, Jule Eriksson-Eck was unbelievable this past week. The only one play that was frustrating was the second goal against Detroit. Came off his stick, literally directly off his stick. His stick redirected into the net, and you could tell. I don't know if he was swearing 
in Swedish. I couldn't really make it out, but you could tell he was a little upset after that. But he did score his fourth goal of the season. Ryan Suter far away for his seventh goal as well to put the Wild ahead 3-1. to one. That felt good. Uh, Kucherov got his 20th goal of the season, but generally speaking, Minnesota, very, very solid performance. Curtis McElhenney, not bad in that. Alex Dalek only faced 20 shots. The Minnesota Wild kind of, you know, I wouldn't say they dominated the puck, but they, you know, the defense was solid. Uh, Tampa Bay only mustered 20 shots in the game. Perhaps the energy just wasn't there. Maybe they figured we're heading towards the All-Star break here. I, I don't know, but they had a few games to go. So, I don't know, just Minnesota, some smothering defense, and they saw lots of shots blocked in the game. Well done by the Wild. Several shots blocked, including a couple from Cunning in the game. Great effort from him, and three from Dumba. Dumba took one pretty hard. Uh, he had <laughs> three blocks in the game. He led the team in that one, was limping off, around a bit off the leg there, block off the leg. Not the easiest thing I could imagine. One of those deals where, you, you know, if you saw hockey players after games, or maybe the day after, I can imagine some purple legs and purple butts and purple, oh, I, I don't know, purple backs. Can't be fun. As long as they stay away from the wrists and the face and all that stuff, that'd be nice. Oh, my. Uh, who was it? Paul Stansney of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And of course, their new coach, Peter DeBall. Peter DeBall. Yep, uh, he took one in the mouth and lost teeth, literally. Picked, scooping him up off the ice as his blood was just raining on the ice. Ugh, Paul Stasny. Yeah, that guy already had kind of, his teeth weren't exactly, like, you know, complete before. He was already kind of Mr., you know, hockey mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Whew, that couldn't have been pleasant. It's like, not many teeth left to, left to spare with him already. And, mm, feel bad for him. Whew, well, Hockey Day Minnesota, January 18th, 7-0, thrashing. Gulobin, you could say he just wasn't on his game. Uh, Alex Stalock. In net in multiple games, he was able to get a shutout in this one. Got to feel good for him there. Ultimately, Alex Daylock, good, solid night. Second shutout of the season. Got his goals against average under three, which is, I know I'm not trying to be sarcastic and rude, but, uh, you know, it hasn't been the best uh, it hasn't been the best season for the Wild goaltenders. It just hasn't. Uh, we've seen all three shutouts, basically. <laughs> Dubnik got one very recently after coming back, uh, but still goals against average well over three. Oh, everyone's hovering right around 3 or above. Alex Stalock, 2.93 at this stage after the shutout. And, you know, Florida wasn't a good game. Dubnik solid against Detroit, only two goals. Capo Kakinen, awesome start to his career. And then it kind of got worse, you know, giving up four goals later on against the uh, the New York Rangers. Not the prettiest day for him, I suppose. Uh, or was it the... Uh, <laughs> I think it was the Islanders, actually. Yeah, I gave up four goals. Not the prettiest day for him, the Islanders. So we'll move forward there. Zach Parisi would get his 18th goal. It was just kind of a little bit of everything in this game. Jared Spurgeon has been very quiet lately. Zuccarello has been all over the place, scoring and setting other players up. One of the best passers in the league, much less the Minnesota Wild. He's just been awesome. Zucker would get a couple of goals this week as well. Dallas here and against Detroit later on to put the Wild ahead. Uh, Zuccarello, though, what a nice solid week. Dumba finally getting some assists again. But he's had some quiet moments. He's been in a drought most of the season, just cannot find the back of the net, but at least he's getting assists, putting the puck on net, and then other players capitalizing. In this case, though, moving the puck forward in Dumba's case, not necessarily uh, anything beyond that. Zuccarello's 12th goal of the year, as he's just continuing to be a part of things throughout this season. Hartman would add a power play goal very late and make it 7-0. to 
boy, <laughs> that fourth line has been playing fairly well, I'd have to say. Hartman, Donato, Greenway, Koivu's been on the fourth line at center, which a lot of us are okay with because he's just been so invisible. I mean, you're not seeing him showing up in any box scores. His defense is just, you know, he's, it's still there. He's the best face-off guy on the team still. And that's kind of like his, you know, he's, he's, he's almost like a designated face-off guy, which is really sad. That's kind of how it's that's kind of how it's ending for him at this moment. Uh, maybe we won't say ending, but it's, you know, final year of his contract. He's on pace for 25 points. 25 points. That is, you know, you don't think of Quavo as this offensive force necessarily, but he was still a 50-point guy most of the time. Upper 40s, low 50s. Last year, of course, season cut short with an ACL, you think. What are you going to do, right? But, yeah, boy, it's, you know, he's been sore often on this year, ill a little bit because everybody was sick, it seemed like, around Christmas and such. And I mean, everybody everywhere, everywhere. Not hockey, not, not yeah, not just hockey, not just hockey and basketball. I mean, yeah, you know, the whole freaking, like, country seemed like, and other countries probably. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's clearly nearing the end, I think. I think he's very much nearer at the end. I, I Like I talked about in the last episode, if I remember correctly, how Wes Walls just eventually, he just kind of stepped away. He could feel like, I can't really do this like I want to anymore. I'm not moving the way I want to the, and it's just not there. The magic's not there anymore and I got a feeling Quaid was going to say that at the end of the year. Don't be surprised if there's a press conference in in April, uh, unless this team does make the postseason, which, you know, well, you have weeks like this, who knows? It's a long, long way to go, though, to get back into the postseason and the playoff picture. It is really difficult to catch up. It's got to play like the St. Louis Blues did last year from this way forward. I mean, just phenomenal. Uh, and they even still got home ice. That's how well they played. They played so well. They moved past so many people. And we all know what happened. They won the cup. Uh, Donato would get his ninth goal of the season. Good for him. Again, that fourth line played well. The fourth line played well. Donato had been centering it. Ryan Hartman had a few moments. The Wild would have multiple power plays in this game. Three, in fact. Awesome night on Hockey Minnesota. Uh, Hockey Day Minnesota. Is it some kind of a special, magical thing? But the the Wild just kind of had an extra jump in their step. And Ben Bishop and Anton Kurobin just did not have their night. Uh, you could see Bishop just kind of shaking his head, like, what the hell's going on? Hudobin ended up starting the game, and it just wasn't his night. That's <laughs> just all, all I can say. It was He was not very sharp, and the Wild were. Uh, too much to, to nothing, basically, in terms of Minnesota versus Dallas, and good for us. Good for us. No Guayvu, no Steeler, no Hunt. Hunt has been scratched several games in a row now in favor of Greg Pattern, who I'm not impressed. And I know... Uh, I've been ragging on him forever because he's just not that good. And it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. It's business, that kind of thing. And you got guys playing out of position. I mean, I, am I right? I mean, is this true that, like, Susie's been on the right side and Patterson on the left? What's that all about? Tell me that's not true. But it appears that that's the way things have been of late. And I don't understand that. But why would you do that? That's the opposite. It's the opposite. It doesn't make any sense. So I'm kind of confused. And that's after, like, the really weird situation where Bruce Boudreaux, God bless him, and I want him to be the coach of this team, but he accidentally put Donato in the lineup and had five defensemen, remember, against Pittsburgh. That was a weird moment, too. Uh, I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on that's confusing me a little bit. Um, It's one thing to play a left winger on the right side, this and that, because they can do it. Obviously, Zuccarello is kind of natural that way, which I don't understand how that works, but it does for him. You know, I, I if I, I'm a right shot, personally, I would play on the right wing. I'm not playing on the left side. I, it's, I mean, if I absolutely have to to get in the lineup, fine, but 
<laughs> I think I'd be a right winger if I played hockey today, or a right shot defenseman. I'd probably play on the right side. I just, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Um, again, you play where you can, that type of thing, but when it's two guys, two guys playing on the opposite side, on the same pairing, I, tell me that's wrong, but that's what I've been noticing lately, and it's the darndest thing. Uh, I don't understand it. I'm just confused. Um, <laughs> but again, the five defensive situation in Pittsburgh, that was a rough one. And I will continue to state my support for Bruce Boudreaux. I like him very much. He's an awesome coach. He really is. He really is. Everybody likes him. Uh, Monday, the 20th of January, one of the sloppier games of the season. Keith Yandel has been on quite a run lately, tearing up the fantasy hockey charts from the, uh, as a defenseman, just tearing it up. I tried to get him. I tried very hard. I thought I was going to be able to scoop him up, and I won't tell you who I was going to cut because you might get mad. It's say he's on. He, he wears a green and red sweater. I was going to cut him. Just kind of do. <laughs> I was going to cut him, and uh, because he's not been putting up the numbers this year like I expected, and Keith Yandel has just been crazy, and he wound up with four bleeping points in the game. I remember looking like, oh, he's probably not on my roster yet, is he? And then I look, and no, a certain wild defense is still on the roster, and yeah, ah, uh, nope, that would have been awesome. Four points in one game, but yeah, I don't want to celebrate a any type of fantasy effort against the Wild, that would kind of hurt. That's kind of makes me look like an evil person, doesn't it? But uh, Keith Yandel never made it to my team. He went to someone else because I screwed up. I didn't put any money in the bid. Didn't I should have figured someone else would be after him, and I just would have been easy to do and didn't do it. I screwed up. <laughs> Keith Yandel's fifth goal of the season. Mike Hoffman, again, former Ottawa Senator. Uh, the Wild power play's been working for the most part. He even got to see a shorthanded goal in this one. That was awesome. Uh, Luke Cunning. Uh, Jewel Erickson, heck, what an awesome play. And and they, they hooked up for a couple goals in this game. Awesome. Uh, Jewel Erickson, heck. That, that third line, I think they're the best line on the team right now. Uh, Jewel at center, of course. Cunning, right. And Felino on the left. Man, I mean, Felino's been just red hot. He's been red freaking hot. Uh, love what this line has been doing. Cunning would get a couple goals in this game. And... Gosh, he's on pace for about 20 goals this year, and good for him. He's on pace for 40 points, 20 goals, 20 assists. Good for Luke Cunning. He's been stepping up nicely. Remember a year ago, or a year and a half ago, two years ago now, he had the ACL in March. That was heartbreaking when he was just starting to progress and get going. He was officially like, he's going to be on the wild now. And then it's like down to the AHL, and he was slow to go, and then he started showing some signs, and then he was on the Minnesota Wild the rest of the year, which is good. A couple of times he was set down, I suppose during the All-Star break, which is not a nice thing to do by Paul Fenton. He just did weird stuff. Even though he did some good drafting, he made some weird moves, including, I don't know, some of his free agent signings, I think, not so good for the price paid. Uh, Greg Pattern, I keep saying it. Again, it's nothing personal as a business, that kind of thing. <sighs> but no, that third line, it's, it's not the geek squad right now. It's, well, it's two geeks and a tough guy, <laughs> I guess. Two geeks and a tough guy. Eric Sinek and Cunning with the Felino. Ah, oh, man, that tough guy. That tough guy deserves to have a letter on his jersey. I'm telling you, and I, people have been talking about this, and I'm going to keep preaching this word, too. Marcus Felino should have an A on his jersey as an alternate captain. i, I got to think, especially if Cuevo retires and we're going to have a new captain. Well, we need a new alternate, too. Marcus Felino. I nominate Marcus Felino for alternate captain on this team. He is, uh, you know, you don't have to be a top-line, top-six guy to be a captain. I mean, well, I mean, how many teams, the, it's their third-line center is the captain. It's happened many times, many times. Um, and I think Felino could be a third-line left-wing uh, alternate captain. I think he'd be perfect for the job. 
The new captain, some people think it's Spurgeon. Who knows? I'm, maybe I shouldn't speculate on that right now. I don't know. It's going to be a weird situation. Maybe it's going to be Zach Parisi for a little while. I go from there. I don't know. Or freaking Studer. <laughs> maybe. I'm nothing against Studer necessarily. And I like him more than I used to. Let's just leave that as is. Uh, certain things I learned about him, which I like. So... <laughs> <laughs> Drew Larkson, what an awesome game for him. But the Fiala, Rask, and Parisi line, it's just not so, uh, excuse me, Zucker line, not so good. Uh, not so good. The defense wasn't there. Uh, Rask cannot keep up with those guys. It's a weird mix. You get two guys blazing down the ice, but, well, y y you know, you're going to get an offside call. And it happened in one of the, uh, it, it happened along the way against Detroit, actually, not this one, but just saying it happened along the way. That's not been a good mix because Rask cannot keep up with them. He's been playing well, but I don't know, it's, Koivu has not. That's the problem. And Koivu's not exactly fast either. You got guys blazing down the ice, but they can only go so far without the puck. The puck has to cross the line first or it's offsides, you know, like that's Hockey 101 and all that. And Rask can't keep up. It's a frustrating situation. So it's too bad. And of course, defensively, not so good. And I got to tell you, here we go again. Are you ready? Greg Pattern, Carson Susi, not a good game. Not a good game. They were split multiple times in this one. Only a minus one, but they felt like a minus three. Uh, not a good day. Especially the fourth goal was awful. Uh, Stalock should have had that one too. Went right through the legs. You thought he had it. You, you thought he had it stopped and it just kept going. And I don't know. It, you know, sieve, 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 that type of thing. I know, I hate saying it, but not a good moment for uh, any of those guys. Pattern, Susie, or uh, uh, our good friend uh, Alex Daylock, who had a pretty good week. I don't like what's going on. You know, poor Susie. You know, when, when he was with Brodine, he's just awesome. Just awesome. Like a star, almost. Oh, well, not a star, but one of the better players on the team, I'd have to say. And with Pattern, it's not good. I don't like what's happening. Uh, he was just fine with Brad Hunt. Is it really a money thing and you're stuck playing Pattern? Because I'd rather see Brad Hunt out there versus Pattern at this point. Or, if you're going to scratch Brad Hunt, can we, like, call up somebody else? You know, Manel, Belpedio, something. <sighs> Jack Sadick, right? <laughs> Nick Boca? Yeah. Okay, maybe not that bad when it comes to Greg Pattern. He'd probably do really well down in the ECHL. I would hope he'd do something in the uh, AHL as well, but... Uh, if pattern, if only he wasn't making so damn much. I think that's partly what's what's happening. Obviously, like Victor Rask, you can't really put a guy down in the AHL making like three million a year in Rask cases four. Pattern is making more than he should, I think, and he just I don't know. You can say he's rusty, but I don't think he ever was good. Was he ever that good? Like his defense is, was average, maybe above average in certain moments. Offensively, there's nothing. And of course, if he if you're an elite defensive player. Who cares? You know, you got other defensemen that can, you know, help out. Dumba, you know, Dumba, we wish. Hopefully, sometimes. Suter usually does, and Spurgeon usually does a multi-point game here. A guy who had been quiet for so long, Spurgeon had been picking it up lately. Ah, oh, it's frustrating. I like Susie with, uh, I like Susie with Brodeen. Um, Dumba's been finally getting some points. That's good. But mostly, uh, obviously, all assists. He's not been getting any goals. Uh, puck's still not getting through. Kind of is what it is there, but I don't know. Crappy game. Uh, well, it was a fun game. The Wild were winning 4-3. to three. You felt positive, and then that fourth goal happened. It was like the worst moment ever. It was awful. Just awful. Um, again, Cunning putting the Wild up 4-3, to three, and then Krochek just right through a couple defenders. Obviously, we know who they are already, Susie and Pattern. Just right through, and then Mr. Uh, 
Stalock just could not bring it in. And then you had the crappiest, cheapest garbage goal of all time. That was just, ugh, you know, last second. The clock's winding down. Nice stop by Stalock. Clear the puck away. Ah, they get one more shot on that here. And it ricochets. And Suter's, uh, <laughs> keep it, keep Suter's kind of basically like almost sword fighting. Not really, but kind of pushing the stick away from the puck. Trying to anyway. And the puck goes off. Noel, Asiari's uh, stick. People were hoping it would be a high stick call. Ultimately, it was not. It was called a goal. It was close enough that they figured we can't reverse it. You know, once the goal is called a goal, it's like tough to reverse that type of thing in that situation. And they did not. And with three bleeping seconds remaining, the puck, the, the the clock ran out because there's nothing you can do. Not enough time to get a good shot off. And that's all. That's all she wrote. Five to four. Just devastating loss. And Florida's first win ever. In Exit Energy Center. How weird is that? Oh my god! Yeah, first win ever in Exit Energy Center. I, uh, wow. Uh, that's kind of surprising. It's been a long run. It's been a long run. Yes, they're an Eastern Conference team, but, hmm, well, we've stunk over there, but been successful here, basically, uh, <laughs> in a nutshell. So let's move on. I'm actually going for a while here, but it's a, you know, four game show, that type of thing. That's how it goes. This jumped up to February for some reason. Let's go back to Detroit. Nice, solid, you know, we beat the worst team in the league, that type of thing. They were like 31st in goals scored, 31st in goals against. They give up goals and they don't score goals, despite the fact they've got some nice players. A guy who'd been real quiet, Jordan Greenway, with a, you know, greasy goal there. Ultimately, another assist from Dumba on the shot. But Jordan Greenway, right there in the crease, was able to finish after Zadina scored early and had all of us feeling, this is again three minutes into the game, and you figure... Oh my! And this is Dubnik and Net ended up having ended up settling down and being much better. But Zadina would score multiple goals in the game, putting Detroit up one nothing and two to one late in the third period after Greenway's juicy goal, greasy goal, that type of thing. Uh, with about four minutes remaining in the first, you figure trap game. Here we come! I figured, my God, we're going to lose the Detroit Army. We're going to lose the Detroit. Not the case. Second period, everything just kind of got better. Zaccarello able to finish on quite a play, able to get his own rebound, Stahl and Dumba, yet another multi-assist game for Dumba, he's up to 16 points now, so good for him after a really quiet run for so long, uh, he was stuck at like 9 points forever, then he was stuck at 11 for a while, now he's up to 16, so very strong week in the assist category for Dumba, he's been significantly better, been blocking shots, and kind of getting in the fray, not scoring, but at least getting the assists, and good for him now, 13 assists on the year, 16 total points, for Matt Dumba, stuck at three goals, as we know. Uh, Zucker, Rask, and Fiala will end up getting the game-winning goal, so that's good. Victor Rask, seventh assist of the season. Zucker just kind of showing that blazing speed and releasing the shot on the wrister there on the left side, which is where he belongs. <laughs> Fiala on the right, of course. Uh, nice release for Zucker, 14th goal of the year. He had a solid week, I'd have to say. Not great. Uh, generally speaking, no, not great. Not a great week. Uh, they've been out of position a bit and such defensively. They got beat an awful lot, but uh, an awful game against Florida. Uh, not a bad game against Detroit. And Zuccarello, I thought, is just awesome all week. Stall would end up finishing another goal really close to the net. Ends up finishing his 17th goal of the season, and he was also honored before the game for his 1,000th point, which happened a little while ago now. Uh, good for Eric Stahl. 38 points, leading the way. Parigi at 32, Fiala at 28. An annoying statistic that just bugged me before last night anyway, before Fiala would get that 19th assist, so now he's at 28 points. As good as Fiala has been playing, you know what annoys the hell out of me? Guess who also had 27 points at the same time? 
Charlie Coyle. Oh, come on, man. Doesn't that just drive you nuts? Like, ugh. <laughs> Charlie Coyle. No, no, not Charlie Coyle. <laughs> but, well, after a crappy start to the season, that's how it goes. Uh, Fiala generally has been better, but uh, not been a good second line of late. Uh, Rask is a decent, solid third or fourth line center. Shouldn't be on the second line, uh, but that's where we're that's where we are right now. I mean, it's kind of like the Twins pitching staff in the late 90s. Like, hey, you know, like Sid Hartman would ask Tom Kelly, oh, what's Rich Robertson? I mean, you, you got anybody to replace Rich Robertson out there? You know, he, he couldn't even throw the ball over the plate. And then Tom Kelly said, well, Sid, who are you going to put? I mean, who are you going to put in there, Sid? You know, who do you want me to put in there? You know, it was kind of like that. And that's kind of like the wild situation at center, other than Drew Eck, who's probably the best overall center on the wild right now. He had an awesome week, other than that stupid... <laughs> that was Adina's second goal of, of the of the game off of uh, off of Jules uh, stick. Again, putting the puck on net. Funny stuff happens. Just shoot the puck, as they say. And uh, right off of Erickson Eck, and you could see him saying something in Swedish, but that probably wasn't uh, that probably was on the profane side. Probably not something you'd want to say in uh, in, a, in a in a in a classroom or a business meeting, that kind of thing. <laughs> not a happy moment for him. Brodine, though, quietly has twenty eight. Uh, excuse me, twenty eight has twenty points already. So nice, strong season for Jonas Brodine offensively, and obviously super, super stud-like defensively all season. Yeah, we're going to be talking about guys that could be traded and such, and I, I don't know, you could probably get a haul for him. I, I, I don't know. Trading him would probably really suck, I think. That's the one thing. I mean, you got Susie, but look how Susie plays with Greg Pattern. He's not the same player. I mean, you got to be with you, you got to be with somebody else who's solid. You be with the Greg Pattern, it's not a good situation. Uh, Brodine's career high in points, 25, and he's already got 20, so could be a career year for Jonas Brodine offensively, along with a very awesome, strong defensive season as well. He's got to be the best defenseman on the team right now. Uh, Suters has his moments. He, he gets his points. And obviously, he's a very stud-like uh, defenseman most of the time, but not all the time. And, of course, he's slowed over the years with the very serious injury to his ankle, this and that. Uh, Mike Madonna award for this week. It's going to go to Zuccarello. What an awesome week. Uh, just setting other players up, finishing on his own shots, this and that. Uh, multiple goals, multiple assists. Just kind of everywhere. Really loved the little guy, Zuccarello, out there. Uh Awesome. 13 goals now on the season. 15 total assists. Uh, too, too, too bad it's not a higher number because he had such a slow start to the year, but once he started kind of getting getting comfortable, getting in his zone and everything, 28 points. Very solid. Tied with Kevin Fiala. General, uh, generally speaking, good, strong season. And of course, Jonas Brodine, I'll just keep saying, now he's a, he's a plus 13 on the year. Susie plus 16. That was your best defensive pairing. Splitting that up, I think, is a mistake. All because of Greg bleeping pattern, you know. Oh boy, we got to put pattern back in the lineup. Uh, you know, God bless him again, but I don't care if Greg Pattern plays another game for the Wild. It's it's nothing personal, man. Uh, you know, it it really isn't. It just is what it is. Uh, James Shepard Memorial, you know who it is. I just said his name. Just said his name, Greg Pattern. And again, it's nothing personal, but it's not been a good week for him. It's not. Uh, very disappointing, generally speaking, I'd have to say. With that said, we'll take a quick break and let's get to that big segment number two.
we are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. We're going to preview a couple games, and then look at the prospects and wrap things up with a nice fan interaction segment coming. It's going to be nice. So, we head into February now. Minnesota Wild will not play again until February the 1st against the Boston Bruins. That will be on a Saturday. And then a couple of days off. And then NBC Sports again against Chicago. Well, we won against Detroit at home so on NBC Sports. So I guess it's not one of those terrible situations. Hopefully Minnesota can get things done against the Blackhawks. Patrick Kane has just been crazy. Let's go with Boston Bruins. This could be a couple losses. We'll see. Hope not. Uh, have a couple games in a row at home here. Obviously Detroit. Then Boston. Chicago, Vancouver. Teams that have been tough. Uh, that'll be on the next show after the bye. That'll be four games. Vancouver, Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, Golden Knights. So again, no Brave the Wild next week. No Brave the Wild next week. Just giving you that, uh, obviously, uh, a heads up there. No Purple Mafia this weekend for Minnesota for Minnesota Vikings show, of course. No Purple Mafia because it's, you know, there's no game. Uh, the Pro Bowl is okay, but of course you don't really comment about that, and hopefully nobody gets hurt, pray to God, but they'll, they're usually pretty precautionary. Eventually there'll be no Timberwolves explosion show either, because that one, you know, there's All-Star break. Usually I take the week off, because I don't really get into the All-Star break. It's just nothing to talk about. I want to talk about real games, damn it. Boston Bruins come to XL Energy Center. One of the best teams in the league, we know. They went to the finals last year and lost in Game 7. They Played very well in that series until the seventh game, pretty much. Things just went downhill. Nice, solid win for Boston last time around. Minnesota pretty much had them beat, and then it just all kind of went downhill. The Wild were trying to be the first team to win in Boston all year back on November the 23rd, and Boston just kept their win streak going, basically. So we wrap up the season series in Axel Energy Center. I think the Boston Bruins, if I were to pick the Stanley Cup champion today, I think it's the Boston Bruins. I do. I think they have a complete roster. But then again, who, who might have say now Tuka Rask? Tuka Rask uh, getting injured recently. Uh, Halak has been very good ever since he joined the Boston Bruins. He wasn't so good for the uh, New York Islanders before. That was, of course, before Barry Trotz took over. Very different, very different opposite type of team. Uh, before that, they were kind of a goal-scoring team that gave up a ton of goals, kind of like Florida, <clears throat> that type of thing, and, and, and others out there. Uh, now, obviously, it's just kind of a complete high-scoring team. Pasternak and uh, Marchand is one of the weirdest guys in the league. Uh, one, all the great, all these great scorers that are just elite players. Marchand will be looked on much more positively if he wasn't so damn weird, Brad Marchand. But uh, good goalie duo there. Toga Rask again getting injured recently. A couple of shutouts on the air. Yaroslav uh, Halak most likely will be a net against the Minnesota Wild. He's got three shutouts on the season. 2.47 goals against average. I'm assuming he'll be a net, but we'll see. Saberson is just under 92. He's 12-6 and six on the year. And again, Boston, I think, would be the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Charlie Coyle comes to X-Energy Center again. This is the second time. As a visitor, 9 goals, 18 assists. Basically exactly what Kevin Fiala was doing until he got his 19th assist last night versus the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Ter- Terry Tory Krug, again, one of those strong, solid defensemen as well out there. 32 total points on the season. Pasternak, 70 points, 37 goals on the season. An absolute star. Brad Marchand is a 100-point threat every year. Just an elite player who I'll say a million times if he was a little more normal. He would be probably looked on as a legitimate star in the league. Uh, he, he is, but people don't, you know, there's just not a respect level for that guy that there should be. Eight-point lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nine-point lead over Florida. Florida, 13 points 
ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have two games in hand. Yes, uh, Tampa Bay's got three games in hand versus Boston, so there is that going for them. Boston's right up there with the Washington Capitals, and St. Louis Blues are the best teams in the league. They should be a finalist possibility this year. They'll at least get to the East Finals, and if they don't, it'll be a huge upset, and maybe Toronto will do it. Who knows? <laughs> Boston's owned Toronto royally forever in the postseason, at least in most recent memory. Boston versus Vegas, that'd be kind of a cool cup final, but somehow I don't think Vegas is going to make it anymore. I actually picked them to win it all this year, and I don't know. Uh, Boston's been struggling a little bit. They're 2-3 and three in their last five, splitting one with Pittsburgh, but uh, starting off with the Philadelphia 6-5 loss. Oof. Uh, and then uh, Halak got his third shutout of the season versus Columbus on the 14th, 3-0. Back-to-back situation ever getting... Uh, giving up six goals in Philly. Pardon me, I got this backwards. Uh, Columbus shut out the Boston Bruins 3 to nothing. I can't even believe that. That's bad, but, uh, well, Columbus isn't a bad team. It's just a tough loss, bad loss for Boston. No goals. Wow. I'm hard to believe Boston got shut out. So they have not been playing well lately. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-1 to on the 16th and lose 4-3 to a couple days later in Pittsburgh. So a split there and then beat Vegas most recently. Then you get the bye. They are in Winnipeg, and then Minnesota a couple of days apart. Actually, no, it's a back-to-back. So a great opportunity, golden opportunity for the Minnesota Wild coming off the bye, depending on how rusty and, you know, when you come off a long layoff, how things are. Depending on how rusty we are, Boston may very well be very tired after coming off their layoff and then having to go back-to-back versus Minnesota. So very strong possibility for Minnesota to steal one here versus the Boston Bruins. And... I think, sadly, as crazy as it sounds, as, as good as Boston has been against Minnesota, no, the Wild played very well last time around, and the way Chicago just owns Minnesota, I think if I'm going to pick one of these two games, I think I'm going to this one. I think Minnesota actually could beat the Boston Bruins, believe it or not, at Nextel Energy Center this season. Obviously, the Wild have played very well at home, much better than last year. Had some crappy games at home, but had some really good ones. Somehow I'm sensing like a pretty solid day, like a four to two, and I keep using that number four to two, four to one type of night. The, you know, regardless who's in that, I just I'm just sensing it's going to be a solid game for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, maybe it will be something like yeah, four to one type of game. Minnesota end up winning, uh, most likely got to score in the game. Let's get Kevin Fiala's tenth goal of the year. It's it's time. Let's go. Uh, I love the assists. I love how you're getting in, getting uh, getting involved in the play and still winding up with the puck at the back, back of the net, even though it didn't come off your stick. It just led the, led to it eventually with uh, the Parisis and such. <laughs> Zuckers, whoever the heck he's been playing with. I like it with Parisi, ultimately. He's been so good uh, in, in the past with, with that group, but uh, unfortunately, they've been split up. The lines just keep getting split up, but the Wild have been playing well, generally speaking. I sense a 4-1 to victory for Minnesota versus Boston, and Fiala gets his 10th goal of the year. Let's go to the Chicago Blackhawks. I just, I don't know. It's a matchup made in hell. It's always been this way. God. Except when the Blackhawks were really bad back in the early days of the Minnesota Wild. They were one of the few teams we could beat back in the day. The Blackhawks were awful for about eight years there. They had guys all over the roster, you know, know, just kind of hanging on to an NHL roster spot, like AHL type of players. 5-3 win most recently on December the 15th, and it just reeked of classic Chicago. Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane, Patrick for Patrick. Uh, is it going to be another hat trick for Patrick? Isn't that going to be exciting if that's the case? 5-3 to three win on the 15th. They play on the 4th again. Minnesota, Chicago, Tuesday the 4th. March the 17th. Yeah, happy, happy St. Patrick's Day, Patrick. <laughs> Why do I sense something there? Oh boy, hat trick for Patrick on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Rolls right off your tongue, huh? 
March the 19th, a couple of days later in Chicago. I don't think the Blackhawks sweep, sweep the Wild. Maybe we win on St. Patrick's Day. I, I don't know. But I don't like the way the Wild play against this team. I don't know. Uh, I want to believe the Wild come out and win this one. But maybe I'm going to be backwards at this Boston and Chicago thing. But, ah, Chicago, man. Pretty good penalty kill. You, you don't really think about penalty kill with the Chicago Blackhawks, though. Uh, their goaltending's been mediocre, kind of like ours, slightly better. Robert Leonard's been okay, 2.86. Crawford in limited action, 2.96. Certainly not the same guy. Patrick Kane is light years ahead of everybody on the roster. Jonathan Taze is 44 points. Debrin Katz, uh, formerly of North Dakota, uh, 35 points on the year. Still young and getting around. Uh, Brandon Saw is just kind of part of the scenery. He'll score here and there. He's one of those third-line guys that scores more than he you know, assists on. Kirby Dock, of course, longer ahead of him. Patrick Kane, though, 25 goals, 38 assists. He's one of the few guys who's a plus on the club, along with Kubalik. Kubalik. I was going to say uh, Gary Kubiak. No, <laughs> Dominic Kubalik. Kubalik with uh, 32 points. He is a plus six. Patrick Kane, a plus four with 63 total points. He's on pace for, you know, like 90-something again. Uh, you figure there'd be more goals for Patrick, but he's saving other players up and all that. Uh, just... You know, he's, he's a deadly player, obviously. He always finds the back of the net with Minnesota. He's going to score against the Wild because he always does. Um, guys like him and Jerome McGinley have owned the Minnesota Wild forever and ever and ever. Obviously, Jerome McGinley was the all-time leading scorer against Minnesota. Chicago has been playing phenomenal lately. Uh, they'd won four in a row before losing to Florida. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Four to three game, another chippy loss and a big win for Florida there, I suppose. They're knocking on the door. And, well, with Joel Quinville as coach, you got to figure Florida's got something cooking. Obviously, they've got scores. Their goaltending is a weird situation, Bobrovsky. I don't know why they gave him so much, uh, especially when they got Spencer Knight in the wings. I, I don't know, so much for so long. I, 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 but they have uh, so many offensive weapons on that team and a good coach. Who knows? Florida's probably going to find themselves, at least in the Eastern Conference Finals one of these years. Four wins in a row for the Blackhawks. Three in a row on the road. Wow, but not the best teams. Ottawa, not good. 3-2 to two victory. Montreal has not been playing well. Back-to-back wins for Chicago. Very impressive. 4-1 to one victory in Montreal. And at Toronto, 6-2. to two. Whoa, that's good. <laughs> and hosting the Winnipeg Jets, 5-2. to two, And then the loss to Florida uh, just a couple days ago. They'll play the Arizona Coyotes on the first when Minnesota's playing Boston. So an equal schedule for the Chicago Blackhawks. They'll have been off for 10 days, literally, and then we'll host the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday. I just figure, or no, visit the Minnesota Wild, pardon me. I can just, I, I just, it just reeks of loss. Maybe it's going to be opposite with Boston, but I just, I'm not confident playing the Blackhawks. And I don't know, it's just kind of how it is. They're in our head. They're the Yankees. They're the Lakers. They're they're the, the, the Green Bay Packers are to the Vikings at times. Yeah, <laughs> lately. Yeah, lately. Uh, they're kind of like that. I hate saying that. You don't know how much I hate saying that. <laughs> but that's basically what they are. Yankees to the Twins, Lakers to the Wolves in the past, in the postseason, many years ago, just owned us every year. Spurs, you could just go on and on about that. But uh, I think the Blackhawks win the game 5-3, to three, some crap like that, 5-2. to two. It's not going to be a good night. Patrick Kane's going to get another like double goal game, multiple goal game. Brandon Saad will find the back of the net because he always does, and Jonathan Taze will. It's just the same guys. Jonathan Taves, Brandon Saad always finds the back of the net. He always factors against us, even though he's mediocre all season. And Patrick Kane will probably have multiple points, maybe multiple goals in the game, five to two. 
I'm not confident against the Blackhawks. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. It's not been good. So they always manage to score four or five goals against us. It's just the worst night ever. Probably be Dubnik in that. I, I, you know, or Stalock. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. You know, Stalock's not exactly been stellar, but he's had a couple of great games. That's why his goals against average is under three for now. Hopefully it will stay under three the rest of the year, but I don't know. I don't like the Chicago game. Wild lose to the Blackhawks. With that, let's get to the prospects. And, as per usual, we will go with the Iowa Wild and such. It's pretty much been the Gerald Mayhew and Sam Honest show. I mean, they've been ridiculous. Multiple points every freaking game. Uh, Gerald Mayhew's now at 29 goals. He had a multiple multiple goal game just recently. Sam Honest piling up the assists and occasional goals. 32 assists on the season. You know, they look, they list Gerald Mayhew as a center and Sam Honest as a forward. You'd think they're opposites here. I mean, <laughs> Sam Honest, you know, he's a natural scorer. But he's setting other players up lately. Kind of like, uh, he's almost turning into a Mikhail Granlund. Like, a really good one, though. Like, way better than what Mikhael Granlund was with the Wild. Uh, for, well, you know, but with Iowa, yeah. Uh, 45 points. He's just been dominant. He stayed healthy this year, which is great. Knock on wood over there. Knock on wood, he stayed healthy. Thank God, finally. Gerald Mayhew was obviously la- lack of games are because he was up with Minnesota, but getting scratched most of the time, which is so sad. Uh, you know he's a natural scorer. He could get 10, 15, 20 goals at the Wild. He, he could. He can score with anybody. 29 goals. He's the best goal scorer in uh, Iowa Wild history. He's been unbelievable. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov's been so hot. Now people are saying Sokolov again. I'd been saying Sokolov forever, and then they said, nope, it's Sokolov. Now they're saying Sokolov again. What? What's his name? You know, somebody? I'll go with Sokolov for now. Even though Sokolov almost sounds better. Uh, he's been piling up the goals. 11 goals on the season. He's been red hot. 16 total points. Awesome for him. Nico Sturm stuck at 21. Brennan Mendel added 4 assists and a goal this past week. He's now at twenty. Uh, excuse me, 31 goals or points on the season. I wish it was 31 goals. 31 points on the season. Belpedio is now up to 15 total points. He added a couple of assists the other night. That was awesome. 15 points. That was back on Saturday, if I remember correctly. Deheim at 15 the uh, former uh, Providence Friar, Connor DeWeer, at 11 points. He added a point or two the past week. Good for him. Will Biden has been quiet, generally speaking, at 18 total points. Sokolov, again, nice to see him picking it up because he'd been pretty much almost out of the whole uh, uh, prospect status. He, he, he was kind of heading that way. Like, Michael Russo basically said, I don't consider him a prospect anymore. That was back when he was down in the ECHL. It's it's hockey purgatory, the ECHL. God bless that league, and God bless everybody in it. It's just what it is, you know, in a lot of ways. Especially when you were maybe once thought of as a guy who could go first in the first pick of the draft, or like, you know, first round pick, so to speak. You could be a first round pick, so to speak. Went up in the seventh round, and then you're in the ECHL. Ah, that, that, that hurts. You know, God bless the ECHL forever. I love it. I love the ECHL. I love that guys get an opportunity to play professional hockey, but when you're a full level below the AHL and you're, you know, and, you know, you're over 20 and it's just, I don't know. He, luckily, he's still one of the youngest players on the AHL roster. So uh, Connor DeWeer <laughs> holding that 20-year-old position as the youngest guy on the team. And that Turner Ozenbright, who'd been really, really good for the ECHL, 22 years of age, uh, putting up great numbers in the ECHL, but not a whole lot defenseman in the AHL thus far. Tyler Sheehy has been dominating the ECHL, generally speaking. And Mason Shaw played his first game recently, but uh, hasn't come back since. He's another super young guy at only age 20. Mason Shaw played his first game recently. 
pretty cool coming off the ACI, ACL, but hasn't been back. I don't know if they're just kind of like, okay, let's take it easy. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Cabo uh, Kakinen, that one I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing correctly. Matt Robinson has not been in net since last week. 15-5 and five for Cabo Kakinen lately, and now they're going to the All-Star break as well. They figure probably do it at the same time, which is a good idea. Give guys a break. Let guys rest a bit. Guys that aren't going to the All-Star game anyway. Congratulations, Eric Stahl. He's going, and thank God the Wild don't have a goalie going, because, yeah, well, I think it's the last thing that's going to go to the All-Star game this year is a goalie for the Wild. <laughs> All respect to the world to Stalock and Dubnik, but, I mean, you see the numbers? They're not going to the All-Star game, unless, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, they're just not, <laughs> that type of thing. Um, again, nice to see the continued progress from Brennan Mantle. I want to see him in an NHL roster, like, now. I, I, I want to see him with the Wild long-term. He was doing a good job. Uh, a lot of the little things. He wasn't cutting up the points yet, but the little things. You can see the subtle subtleties of his game. That, uh, you know, right place, right time, right time to move the puck, this and that. He just has an NHL game. He does. Uh, Brendan Mendel is going to be a successful defenseman in the NHL, and I'd rather have him than a Greg Pattern. And I know you want to balance. You don't want to have just small guys who can score because you'll get your butt kicked. You'll, you will get your butt kicked, especially in the playoffs. Just you'll get run over. But still, I mean, you know, if a guy has size but he can barely play, and he's, uh, you know, I think I made my point. I think I made my point. It's just, uh, you know, just, uh. Let's look at the ECHL very briefly here. Tyler Sheehy leading the way with 51 points. Allen Americans. Minnesota Wild affiliate, of course. Alexander Guptil, second for the uh, Allen Americans. But really, the guys we're looking at, generally speaking, again, Unenbright had been awesome. 11 points in only 17 games for them. Uh, Nick Boca is now up to nine. Again, former Michigan Wolverine, physical, tough guy out there. Uh, more of a defensive stalwart type of guy versus being a scorer. Jack Sadik's up to 18 points on the season. Again, point producer in his final year with the Gophers. He'd been okay, but he'd gotten to a point where he looked like a 40-point kind of guy uh, with the Golden Gophers last season as a senior. Just kept moving up, moving up, getting better, getting better. And he's doing the same thing with the ECHL's uh, Allen Americans. Would like to see uh, the same level of success with the AHL. And then maybe, just maybe, someday he could, he, he could make it. I would love it. Oh, I'd love to see that happen. Love it, but uh, as of right now, it's a high-scoring team. That the goaltending is just kind of average, generally speaking. Uh, Sachencho actually has been pretty solid, though. He's been picking it up lately, better than ever. Derek Barbo has been kind of Baribo, pardon me. It's just been all over the place. He's won a few games, but his goals against average is high. He's been on the AHL roster, the ECHL roster. Only six games for the ECHL. Uh, and Jake pa- Patterson who's been in the net more than anybody. He's 14-3, and three, despite a goals against average of 3.38, which is worse than Dubnik's uh, with the Wild so far this year. So not a good run in the goaltending, but they're sure scoring, and they've been winning games like crazy are the uh, Allen Texas Americans. They've been awesome. They've been awesome, generally speaking, with the goal scoring. I'd like to see the Minnesota Wild score some goals, along with good solid goaltending from Capo uh, uh, in the long term, maybe someone else. <sighs> Let's look around a bit. As finally college hockey's going to resume a bit. It's been quiet. They've been playing these little tournaments or having a week off, this and that. You had the Christmas break forever. Uh, Matt Boldy's at six points thus far for Boston College. Been a very quiet season, but had a multi-point game a few weeks ago. Finally getting something going. Two goals, four assists for Matt Boldy. 12th overall pick in last year's draft. Left winger, left winger. 
Vladislav uh, first off Russian, but playing for the U of Connecticut, 16 points. He's been solid. He's been very, very, very solid for a freshman. An 18-year-old freshman for the University of Connecticut, he's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. He's a plus six. 16 points. Not bad. Nine goals in the season. Love what first off has brought. He's a second-round pick, 42nd overall. Definitely an uh, NHL prospect. Legitimate. Uh, Hunter Jones had some big games earlier in the year. Uh, generally speaking, He's been pretty solid, and on a team that scores a lot, and they've been winning, lots of success, 23-8 and eight on the season. Goals against average, 2.77 on the last season. Hunter Jones could be the goalie of the future for Iowa eventually. Adam Beckman continuing to dominate that uh, WHL for the Spokane Chiefs. 70 points now, 34 points, in, or 34 goals in 43 games. Just been absolutely sick in a good way. Plus 30 on the season. Adam Beckman definitely got star potential possibly, hopefully. At least from what he's doing, and again, the comparisons to, you know, Leon Dreisaitl and all that, similar statistics. They've been literally parallel. Uh, same age, same league, that type of thing. Awesome run for uh, Barkov thus far. Very, very, very happy. Philip Lindbergh, Lindbergh has been putting up awesome, awesome numbers for UMass this past year. There's UMass Lowell and UMass Amherst, and of course, that's where Mr. Uh, Lindbergh is. He's been, again, a platoon goaltender, but had some awesome, awesome games. Then, generally speaking, his goals against average has never been at two in his two seasons now for uh, UMass out of Finland there. Philip Lindbergh, he's been awesome. Awesome. Love to see what he can do there. Hopefully he can be, maybe he could at least be a really nice backup in the NHL someday. He's certainly been very solid in college. Awesome. Jack McBain, a guy against second-round pick. He's at about a half point a game now. He's at a he's at half a point a game. It definitely at a better pace than the year before, but generally speaking, you know, not standing out too uh, too much for Boston College yet. Uh, Hovanov, I guess it's Hovanov now. That's what I've heard from uh, <laughs> the source of uh, Mr. Uh, Torchetti. Torchetti, the former Minnesota Wild coach a few years ago, filled in for uh, Mike Yo, of course, and did not get hired. Ended up the job ended up going to Bruce Boudreau. At the end of the day, he went to Boston. He helped coach, and um, you know, he was the coach of the Montcalm Wildcats as well, and he had nothing but awesome things to say about Kovanov, that he's literally like just a gamer. He kind of does it all. He wants to be great, and good signs. Good signs, indeed. Plus 25 on the season at two points a game, literally. 58 points in 29 games. 21 of them goals for Alexander Kovanov, Hovanov, who can literally do whatever he wants out there, it seems like, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Awesome run. Apparently, Sam Hinch's Apparently, there's going to be an interview with Pavel Bennett coming up. Very cool. Uh, I submitted a question, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, good luck to Pavel Bennett uh, with Sam Henches. I believe I'm going to be contributing a little bit extra to the page rather than just kind of doing the show and giving shout-outs. It sounds like they want me to help out a bit. Uh, so, sounds like uh, Brandon, who's a part of the page. I haven't mentioned him. I apologize, Brandon, if you happen to be listening. I'm not sure if he's a listener, and it's okay. It's up to him, obviously. Um Sounds like he's having some personal personal issues, so he's having to step away for a little while. Uh, God bless you, Brandon, and hope for the best, whatever it is. I'm not going to pry or anything, and certainly, you know, I, I do not know what it is, and I'm not going to pry, but uh, God bless you in uh, what's going on. Uh, hope for the best outcome there. Uh, 22 total points for Sam Henches thus far. That's what kind of triggered that conversation. He's at over a point a game still for the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies, of course, again, most of these guys didn't even play last week, unfortunately. Uh, and if it's what it is, Misley stuck at two points on the year. One goal on assist, Price Misley. And again, Mason Shaw had finally got his first game, but 
Unfortunately, you know, you know, he hasn't been back since. Lodney has had almost two points a game, continuing to dominate in Niagara. 51 total points. They might be, I, I think they're going into the All-Star break too. So again, it's been quiet. You haven't been noticing major changes, but maybe just kind of reminders of where guys are at, generally speaking. Nick Sweeney, I believe the same. Oh no, he's at 17 now, almost a point a game. Again, way ahead of last year's pace. He's hopefully going to get in the 30s this year. 17 total points in 19 games. And Sam Hanches has actually missed a few games lately, too. I need to note that. He's been out the last couple of weeks for St. Cloud State. They'd been playing, but he hadn't been. And that's unfortunate. So he'd been out with injury a bit, Sam Hanches. Nick Sweeney in his junior year for Duluth. The Duluth Bulldogs. Multiple national championships. Freshman and sophomore year for him. He's got some rings. I hope he's not too spoiled now, right? <laughs> They're not as good this year thus far. His plus-minus last year was 17, 11 as a freshman, and it's an even zero thus far in his junior year, but his numbers are way up, uh, way up, uh, and his assist totals are up. Kind of like his uh, freshman year where he's more of an assist guy. Last year he had 15 goals, which led the club. A national championship team leading the team in goals. That's pretty cool. Seven this year and still plenty of time to get to that 15, along with the 10 assists he already eclipsed last season. Very cool. Nick Sweeney. Nice to see the production moving forward. We'll look at Jacob Golden a little bit here, too. He's, his numbers have been way up for the Erie Otters. He'd been a very quiet stay-at-home defense, and he's at half a point a game. So that's like a 40-point kind of guy, at least in the OHL level thus far. And it's plus-minus and minus four. Erie Otters have not been that good. A few years ago, when they had guys like Connor McDavid, well, a little different. They were champions. They were the best team in the OHL. Now, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, not so much. Slight loss there. You know, Connor McDavid, you know, you know, it's ha- it happens. You, you know, next man up, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, next man up, Connor McDavid. That's that's all. That's all, Connor McDavid, you know. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get to the fan interaction segment now. Twitter questions at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. And anybody listening right now can do the same. You want to ask a question? Just do hashtag at the end of the question or the beginning, whatever it is, so it shows up. Hashtag. BTWMN. So it's basically like Brave the Wild Minnesota, but hashtag BTWMN and we'll be ready to go. Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson says if Paridi, that was cute. If Parisi, Suter, and Zuccarillo volunteered to waive their new move clauses for the expansion draft, do you think there's any chance Seattle would take one of them? Oh, yeah. Uh, Spurgeon, yes. Zuccarillo, probably. I don't think they take Parisi or Suter because of the, the financial commitment. I don't think so. Parisi's obviously damaged goods at the back, despite he's been really good. Suter's damaged goods at the ankle. I don't think they take either one of those, but Spurgeon, <laughs> if I was an expansion team, yes. Uh, Zuccarello, probably, yeah, you know, it's a long contract, but he's he wouldn't be the worst guy to have on your expansion team, especially if it's an early success team like the Vegas Golden Knights, some slight success there. Obviously, the weirdest story ever last week. They're very pissed off in Las Vegas, firing Gerald Gallant. A lot of people believe, a lot of people believe that, uh, guess guess where Gerald Gallant's next location is going to be? The team that drafted him, the team that, uh, and, and his former teammate, all-star, legendary, Steve Eiserman's the general manager. A lot of people believe Gerald Gallant's going to be the next coach of the uh, Detroit Red Wings come summertime. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad fit, possibly. We'll see what happens. Uh, that might be where he winds up. But uh, there I go, wandering off into no, uh, no man's land. I was thinking about Seattle, so I thought about Vegas. Uh, Spurgeon, yes, absolutely. Zuccarello, maybe. Spreezy Suter, no. Uh, Dave Johnson, thank you. That was an awesome question. Awesome. There's Derek Felska. 
hashtag or not hashtag at crease and assist definitely give him a follow and keep up with that uh, that blog keep up with that blog you know it's it's good stuff and he's got experience he loves the game kind of like me you know i've been watching hockey forever keeping up with it and been doing the show since 20 uh, 20, uh 2008 2018 2008 Derek felska has been doing it for 16 years so <laughs> i mean you don't think that's good experience right there you you, you better jump on board and check out that uh uh Crease and assist. Crease and assist. <laughs> he says, got a Minnesota Wild question burning in your mind. Oh, okay, this is him uh, trying to get people to come. But yeah, yeah, so I'll forward that. Got a Minnesota Wild question burning in your mind as the team is about to go into the Ulster break. Ask at Brave the Wild. Just tag your question. Hashtag BTW. Cool. Thank you so much, Derek. And keep it coming, guys. Keep it coming, Dave and Jay and others here that are. Why is it showing NFL? That's kind of weird. NFL? Okay. Jay Bushy says, if Garrett decides to trade some players, who do you think are the most likely players? Jason Zucker. Absolutely. Uh, Dumba, his value is lower, but I think most NHL teams know his potential, so there still could be a juicy offer coming. (sighs) Again, if Zuccarello wants to waive his trade clause, that type of thing, that's another possibility, but Zucker, I think, is, is high on the list. Zucker is what he is. He can score a little bit. His defense is kind of all over the place. He's inconsistent. You know, compare him to a lesser version of Eddie Rosario with the Twins where he could get hot, but he's not a star. You know, he's just not, you know, he'll maybe he'll make an all-star team like Eddie Rosario can do. He, he can get hot, but the next thing you know, he's striking out all the time, right? So, like, you know, the whole corner outfielder type of thing. Not the, the all-star legendary center fielder, which, yeah, Byron Buxton, if he could stay healthy once in a while, gee, that'd be cute. That's the thing. I, I think Zucker is up on the list. Verdeen's high on the list, and he'd be a massive loss, though. That's one I think that could cause a ripple effect to the franchise. Ah, huge. Uh, Steeler is a strong possibility of getting traded, but, again, you're not going to get a whole lot back, maybe a fifth-round pick or something, you know, kind of like when he traded away Mike Riley. But I think he's very much in the list because... He deserves to play. Sealer deserves to play. You know who I want the Wild to trade? Can, can you guess? But he probably wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> Greg Pattern. Please trade Greg Pattern. That'd be great, but I doubt it. Even even Paul Fenton, the guy that signed him, wanted to trade him. Um, trying to think of, there's got to be... Uh, Susie, I don't want to trade. I want to keep Susie with Brodeen. That, that was the best defensive pairing on the team, and it's getting messed up now. Uh, Dumba's playing better, which is nice, and the numbers are actually starting to happen. And Brodeen's on a on course for 30-plus points this year, which is really cool. Um, hope that answers your question a little bit there, Jay. Uh, I'm thinking again, yeah. And I know it might be like a broken record. Yeah, J- Jason Zucker, Jason Zucker, Jason Zucker. Like, we've been talking about that forever. But that's those are the guys at the top of the list. And Greenway. Greenway's a possibility as well because... Again, I mean, well, the reason why you're mentioned, why we're mentioning Jason Zucker and Greenway, they both play on the left side, and Kirill Kaprizov is coming. Kirill Kaprizov is coming in April, which is awesome, uh, and he's a left winger, so somebody's got to move. Uh, one of those NHL pieces needs to move because we can't send him to the AHL. I don't think Greenway's an AHL player. I think he needs to be a lot better than he has been. He got that little juicy goal last night, which is nice. His point totals aren't that bad, but they're not that exciting either. He's been pretty quiet. Uh, you know, I think he's better than he is. Six goals in the year. He's he's better than that. Come on. Like six and 13. Those are like maybe, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that one. Brad Hunt is a trade possibility as well. We'll throw that in. Even possibly Donato, which uh, you probably won't get anything. So 
probably Donato. I wouldn't even be surprised if you're not going to call Gerald Mayhew up. Maybe him. Maybe him. You know, maybe. Because somebody might look at him and say, you know, you can sure use him in our third line. He might score a ton of goals for us. We'll give you a third or fourth round pick for him. It could happen. Gerald Mayhew is that good. Thank you, Jay. Good uh, good thought-provoking questions by both Dave and Jay. Awesome, guys. Uh, Derek Pauska, here we go. He says, is it time to start scratching Miko Cuevo in favor of Ryan Donato or Nico Sturm? Nico Sturm. If Cuevo is only going to be playing on the fourth line. I say, yeah. I say, yeah. Boy, it's a it's a tough situation, though. I'm not against, you know, I'm not against anything. You know, I'm not against anything regarding that at this point. Uh, he's been invisible. He can get face-offs. People might take that as, you're disrespecting the captain and one of those kind of guys. But if he's not producing, he's not producing. And Nico Sturm, you can see there's something there. I, I, I like what Nico Sturm can do. Uh, he's capable of playing strong defense. He's a stalwart. Uh, his passing skills are very solid. He can win faceoffs. Nobody's as good as Quavo at the faceoff right now, but well, what the hell? You know, I, I think Nico Sturm deserves a shot. And especially if Quavo's just going to be kind of like, he's, you know, his knee is sore or whatever. Clearly the production is just not, it, it's gone. It's gone right now. He's on base for 25 points, which is a fourth-line player in my mind. That's a fourth-line center. And Nico Sturm, I think there's more there. I do. I think there's more there. Good, good. Awesome question there, Derek. Another one, he says, who would be in your top 10 list Ooh, a wild prospects. Mm, not in the NHL yet. Boy, well, uh, Kaprizov, number one. Adam Beckman's got to be in the top ten. I'm. Uh, how about I don't do it in order? Uh, I won't do it in order, but Adam Beckman's got to be on the list. Uh, not in the NHL right now. Brendan Mendel, I think. He's a strong consideration for that. He's still, He's just, you know, there's, there's something there. Matt Boldy should be, but he's not producing yet. He he has to be there, though, when you consider who he is. Kovanov, for sure. So what do we have? Boldy, Kovanov, Kaprizov, Beckman. That's four. Uh, whew, 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 not in the NHL yet. Um, so do you mean, like, never, ever in the NHL? Like, if they got a, a cup of coffee, like a cup of Kakinen, maybe eh, I'll come back to him in a minute. Ooh, you know, because there's some tough choices, obviously. Uh, Kovanov for real, absolutely. Uh, a lot of people love Connor DeWeer. I'm going to slow down on that for a second. I might come back to him. First off, I, I think first off should be in the top ten. That's five. I like what first off is doing, so that's fifth. Uh, not fifth overall, but fifth, you know, number five person. Uh, man, Sam Hatch is sixth. He's, he's got to be in there. Yep, Sam Hatch should be a top ten, and that's a seventh-round pick. There's a, this team has had some nice seventh-rounders the past year. Sokolov, uh, even Sadik might end up being good, but I don't think he's a top-ten guy, no. Uh, but he, up, he might end up being good. I did mention Mental. I'm going to say Belpedio, too. That's seven. Ladnia is, is in the list, I think. I like what he's doing. When you're starting to dominate in the OHL and you're still super young, like 20 years old, yeah, I, I think there's something. I, I really do. I still a fairly young 20 also. Um, he should be in the top 10. I like Lanya. Top 10. Uh, did I say Cap, Capo Kapanen? Kyle Kakanen yet? I'll say he's in there. And generally speaking, let's go with Hunter Jones. I mean, yeah, get a couple of goalies in there. Hunter Jones and Cabo Kakanen. So that's my top 10. Boldy. And again, not in this particular order. Boldy, Kaprizov, Firstov, Jones, Beckman, 
Kovanov, Henges. Am I blanking on a couple here? <laughs> I'm already blanking. Uh, I believe I said Henges, Ladnia, guys like that. Yep. So that's pretty much where I stand. Uh, Belpedio. Uh, that's pretty much where I stand at this point. So, yes, uh, that's where I stand with the group of top 10. Awesome. Again, thank you for that. That's my group right there. And not in any particular order. Of course, Kabrizov's number one. After that, Kovanov's number two. And then it kind of, you know, gets all over the place. In my mind, Beckman might be all the way that high. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. WHL is WHL. Uh, here's another one. Smells Like Teen Spirit by uh, Nirvana as a goal song for the Seattle team. Interesting. Interesting. And we'll see what happens. So during the All-Star break, apparently the Seattle... Sockeyes, maybe, will be named. They'll get their team name. The Sockeyes, the Dragons, whatever the heck they're going to call them. The Emeralds. The Emeralds. Yeah, the Emeralds. What a cool name, right? No, that would be like ECHL, AHL kind of name. Ty Sandstrom. Here we go. Since the Seattle NHL franchise is reported to announce their team name finally during All-Star Weekend, I agree with the finally part. Which of the 13 reported names is most intriguing to you? Which is the weakest? Oh, I love I love this stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> thank you, Ty. I love looking at team names. So you got the Rainers, the Kraken, the Evergreens, <laughs> the Evergreens, the Seals. So bring back the California Seals or Golden Seals, the Emeralds. The Emeralds really is a team name idea. Sea Lions is pretty cool. Stock Eyes. Whales. Oh, yeah. Hartford Whalers. Eagles. Around here in Minnesota, the Eagles. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> totems, the Cougars, the Firebirds, and the Renegades, the Renegades. Well, and I love this stuff. I love naming new teams. I like all the ideas. For me, I like the Kraken a lot. The only problem is it's like one name and maybe, I don't know, maybe they'd mess it up and have like a K or something stupid. Like, you know, like the Tennessee Titans. You're going to think this big, strong, you know, godlike, you know, uh, character. And it's a T. It's a T. Really a T? Really? So they better get creative if they're going to have Kraken. I mean, I want to see something nice. I think Sockeyes is an awesome idea. That just sounds cool. Even though, yeah, like they're going to, well, you can even use that in hockey. Like they, I don't know, maybe not. Emeralds, no. Eh, Seals would be cool because of the old days. And whales, I love, just love. Oh, God, that'd be cool. Bring back the whalers, man. But they would just be called the whales. That would probably, (laughs) that would be freaking cool. They probably won't go with that because maybe the small possibility of the Hartford Whalers exist again someday, which I would love. Uh, I like the Kraken because I think they could really come up with something sweet there. And Sockeyes would be number two for me. Kraken number one, Sockeyes number two. Uh, and if you'd like to respond to me, Ty Sandstrom, if you're listening, what's your favorite? Which one's your favorite out of that group? Um, yeah, it's going to be really cool. It'll probably be the one we least expect, like Rainers or something. It'll be something weird. I don't know, the Rainers. <laughs> the Rainers. <laughs> what the heck is it? <laughs> the the uh, Seattle winter is a Rainer? Like the autumn wind is a Rainer, right? Now it's the Seattle winter is a Rainer. Skating around on the ice. <laughs> the winter. <laughs> The winter wind is a rainer. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I had to wander there. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Uh, Derek comes back again, says, nope, nope, that's the same one again where it's like, burning question. Come on, guys, come and ask something. Uh, huh, Ty Sandstrom, awesome. couple questions here from him. Thank you, Ty. He says, 
where is it? Uh, is the next number one goaltender for the Wild already in their system? And if so, who? Kapo Kakinen, right now. I would say yes. Uh, after that, I say yes. Kapo Kakinen is the number one goalie, possibly. Oh, boy. After that, you know, I love Philip Lindbergh. And Hunter Jones is in promise, too. You know, I mean, you have four possible goalies. Even, uh, again, uh, did I? With uh, Matt Robson, I almost call him Britt Robson. That's a Minnesota Timberwolves like blogger out there. You know, all, you know, City Page is not blogger. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have rambled so much in the first segment. I just kind of went on and on. See, now that show's gonna be longer than normal, so I'll probably try to ease up on the first segment a teeny bit if we're gonna have a good amount of fan interaction. I'm enjoying this a lot. Thank you, uh, thank you, Derek. Thank you, Ty, and uh, Jay up there as well. And I'll keep going with this. Yeah, partially I'm rambling right now too. Um, I think it's Kapo Kakinen for now, but, you know, Jones, Robson, and Philip Lindbergh, any of those guys could take it, I think, at some point as well. Maybe it'll be kind of a tandem thing. I mean, maybe it's maybe the future for the Minnesota Wild will kind of be like the old days, Manny Fernandez and uh, Dwayne Rolson, where it's kind of got it back and forth, back and forth. That's not always a bad thing, because then they're both fresh, and the last thing you want is a goalie out there 70 games, and he's burnt out, and he's done, like Dubnik and, and Backstrom over the years. So right now I do say it's Kapo Kakinen. He, he has the mentality to be a starting goalie in the NHL, so I will go with Kakinen. Next, uh, my, is Mikhail Granlin the most attainable center for the Wild? He seems to be a different player in Nashville, yes? He has. Also, has there been talk over the years about trying to get Nugent Hopkins? Do you think he could end up with the Wild? There has been talk about it here and there, but uh, I'll give you a follow there, Ty. Uh, and I'll give Jay one, too. Um, I wouldn't mind bringing Mikhail Granlin back, but he, he, uh, he's, is he like a natural center? He's a natural playmaker. I'm not sure they're going to bring him back. It depends on his price tag. It's certainly going to be cheaper than the 8 million people thought. Um, I would love Nugent Hopkins. I would love it. Uh, it depends on his price tag again and what's available. Nugent Hopkins, I think, is more of a natural center. I'd, I'd go with him if I had a choice between Granlin and Ryan Nugent Hopkins for like $6 million a year for four years or something like that. Five years, God forbid. I hate huge contracts, but it's not that long. At least it's not 13 years or anything. Hmm. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I would go with Ryan Nugent Hopkins out of those two, uh, obviously. Uh, he's more of a natural center. He's certainly not a number one overall pick type of player like he was supposed to be, but I would love to have him. At least he could be your second line or top line center right now, if humanly possible. We could get him for a semi-reasonable price, 6.5, even $7 million, depending on really where Ryan Nugent Hopkins is as an NHLer at this stage. Uh, love his game, love what he can do, but, you know, uh, depends on his price tag and what's available and thought process and such, but I kind of think he's the kind of guy that would fit in nicely with the Minnesota Wild. I'm not understanding something. Huh. Yeah, this isn't showing. <laughs> yeah, that's a frustration. I wish this thing would show the whole thing. There we go. Trying to load something up here on the fly. There he is. Yep. Uh, obviously, you know, well, he's, he's in his mid-20s now. This and that, Nugent Hopkins. He's got 33 points on the year. He had 69 last year, which was a career high. If you get anything like that, that's crazy. So, I mean, Granlin's gotten 69 points before. I think you could get him at a fairly reasonable price, and that is somebody I would like to have, honestly. Uh, he's not a huge guy, but he's just an overall solid player. 20 goals, 
25, 30 assists a year. You know, I mean, he'd be in nice. Uh, that's that's who I would pick if I had a choice. Final question. Will the Wild, and this is Ty Sandstrom, will the Wild continue to just flirt with getting close to the playoffs and not get in, or will they fall out by the trade deadline and trade off any significant pieces? There will be a trade or two. I do think it's going to be like a Zucker or it, a left winger will be traded. Basically, Bill Guerin stated that it's going to happen. It is going to happen. I do believe a left winger will be traded from the Minnesota Wild. It will not be Kevin Fiala. Uh, it could be Greenway. It could be uh, Mr. Zucker. I think it's going to be one of those two, probably. Maybe Donato, but Donato could play center, even though he's kind of a limited player. I think you can get the most in return for Jason Zucker. I'm not sure how much at this stage. Hopefully a second-round pick. It's funny because you took him for a second-round pick with a second-round pick. Maybe you could get a first-round pick for him because some players or teams see him as this speedster who can score 30 goals in a season. I would love to acquire something like that in the draft uh, for uh, Jason Zucker. A first-round pick would be nice. Maybe maybe more. A first-round pick and a, uh, a warm body of some sort. Hopefully a centerman, if humanly possible. Maybe it'd have to be a second-rounder or something to go with that warm body because maybe that warm body is a pretty solid player. So with that said, that is where I'm heading. Yeah, longer show. Uh, sometimes I should probably not go on and on and on so much in the first segment, but I get intrigued by certain things. And, of course, it was four games to review pre- uh, and, and all that. The preview wasn't too long. It's only two games. So, But, no, it's a little longer show, but not that long. And it's totally fine. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Thank you. Thank you, Derek, and thank you, guys, for being a part of things. i got to pick this up. I want to follow the other guy as well, Dave Johnson. There we go. And Jay. Give you guys a follow here. Oh, looks like I'm following Dave already. And Jay Bushy gives you a follow, if humanly possible. There you go. <laughs> I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. Uh-oh. No, nope, I don't want that. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't want that. Fix something there. So thanks again, guys. Uh, another way to get on the show could be through audio submission. Uh, just simply use your voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Click record. Treat it like a phone call. And then save it and email it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. A couple of shout-outs as well for you are, again, MNW Prospects, MNW Prospects, Merrick Skyba, uh, obviously Pavel Bonet's the main dude there, of course, uh, Justin Back, Brandon. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome being a part of things, keeping up with all the prospects and the Minnesota Wild, the ECHL, the AHL, college, Europe, all of the above, keeping up with all the prospects. I love talking about the prospects, as you can tell. It's one of my favorite things to do on this show. Thank you again so very much for having me a part of things there and might have a little bigger role temporarily filling in for Brandon with his personal issues, apparently. And Minnesota Wild Global, major shout-out to them as well. Scott Cavendish, Chad Walska, uh, all you guys, so much. Thank you so much for being a part of things. Uh, David Costick, Chance Costick, and others on that page. Kathy, uh, thank you again. Always love interacting with you in game threads and such. With that said, gonna gonna head off for the week. Better get going. I gotta get to work. So God bless all of you. We'll talk to you soon and have a good break. I guess it's okay to have a longer show as we're heading off into the uh, the bye week. Yes, it's boring. Yes, it sucks. Yes, we gotta wait forever for our next hockey game, but. Yeah, there's the All-Star game. But at least we get to find out what the Seattle team name is, which I love very much. That's the cool part. Hopefully it's worth the wait and not something weird. Loved the Golden Knights name. Love their jerseys. Love their jerseys. I do. And I'm probably in the minority there. With that said, we will find out who the Seattle somethings are in the next episode. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the next episode. And, of course, keep your questions coming. Hashtag BTWMN. Hope to hear from you soon. 